O-R-G. Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Kimberly Ewing, your host tonight on The Sages Among Us. And with me tonight is a a pretty special friend, Sharon Ruth Rose, an adventurer, a student of life, and a Renaissance woman. Sharon grew up in South Dakota and eventually found the Bay Area for her education and early adulthood. She has been a professional photographer and is a professional photographer, an artist of many things, a mom, a real estate agent, a bed and breakfast host, a screenwriter, and many more. She arrived in Nevada County in 2000, where she has spent much of her time focusing on community uh, with organizations that we know and love, like the Nevada County Media, Professional Women's Club, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, Music in the Mountains, Sierra Stages, and Hospitality House. Welcome, Sharon, to the show. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you, Kim. I'm very happy to be here. Well, and we love um, someone that's been here since 2000. It's 23 years now. Can you believe that? No. It's amazing. And I arrived actually here in the same year, and we have some backstories about that. We'll talk about that later. But really talking about your life as an artist, I mean, can you're... I could say probably most of your life, and I, I can't wait to hear about the the young Sharon Rose, but the most I've seen you in the 23 years, you have been an artist in so many categories, media arts and theater arts and photography, media, all the different arts. And so it's just amazing to um, bring you onto the show as that arts advocate, but also interestingly about mental illness. And I want to talk, that's a really important part um, right now, I think, to talk about. So we're so glad you're here. Um, One thing that we do, Sharon, is we kind of get the backstory. We always talk about like who you are, who you became, and and where you came from. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about, was it South Dakota? South Dakota, Sioux Falls. (laughs) So South Dakota, and you have how many family members with the siblings? I have, there are six of us. I'm the second to the oldest and the oldest girl. And I was the cream between my two brothers. (laughs) And basically grew up um, as one of them. I was one of the guys. Yep. Yeah, as you would be, because you're like, I'm going to fit in wherever I can fit in and between the two boys. And so tell me a little bit about your childhood. If South Dakota, Sioux Falls, tell me a little bit about what that's like as a child. Lots of snow, I'm imagining. Lots of snow. And uh, I remember when I was probably around, I don't know, seven or so, the snowbanks on either side of the um, walkway was taller than me. Oh, yeah. And um, (laughs) then when I was in high school and we would get bored uh, in the dead of winter um, and everyone had to put uh, red flags on their antennas so that when they got to a corner, people could see that there was a a car in, you know, coming in (laughs) across or something. And we would go out and snitch 
switch the red flags off of cars, and that was about the worst we ever did. <laughs> those are those shenanigans of childhood. I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dri- yeah. Driving through the, the uh, drive-in uh, or the drive-through where you could be seen, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a small town. Did you enjoy South Dakota as a child? I mean, was that a place that you have fond memories? Um, well, yes and no. I, yeah, I, I didn't have anything to compare it with yeah. uh, at the time. And um, I, with my girlfriend, nine months after we graduated from high school, um, we found the Greyhound bus station and oh, got yeah. on the bus to Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> That's such the common story, right? Like middle, you know, middle America, we're heading west. Yep. And so tell us a little bit about that. So the nine months after graduating from high school, you moved to Southern California. Where did you land from your Greyhound bus? Uh, in Riverside, okay. which is uh, about an hour from uh, south of L.A. and about 45 minutes from Palm Springs, where her grandmother lived. Okay. And so that was why we landed there. Mm-hmm. And um, we we just had a blast. We bought a, a Peugeot, which back in South Dakota, <laughs> that was a foreign car we never heard of. And I think we paid maybe $600 for it. And uh, we drove it to pieces, but to the Laguna Beach and to Hollywood. And we were trying to find stars and excitement. And uh, one day we picked up a couple of guys. Um, they were safe. And they told, uh, I was driving and he said, well, put it in fifth gear. And I said, it doesn't have five gears. <laughs> and here we've been driving this car for like months and sure enough, it had five gears. <laughs> I love that. We, we thought the engine was just a little loud, you know. <laughs> oh, that is such a great memory. And so when you think about, like, ba- that part of your life, you're in your, you know, late teens, early 20s. What did you do there? What What did you do oh. when you thought, when you, um, what were your passions? What were your hobbies there? Well, um my passion was just, um, I, I just wanted to experience life. Right. And I, I loved uh, that area. You There was a, a street, Victoria Avenue, that was on either side was covered with orange groves. And mm-hmm. in the spring, a couple of months after we arrived, um, that you, driving down that um, road, it smelt like what I envisioned heaven to smell oh. like, this scent of orange blossoms. And I I just couldn't imagine um, how I ever ended up in South Dakota to start with. I thought <laughs> I should have been dropped off by the stork in Southern <laughs> California. And so anyway, um, I my first, well, I had several jobs. My first job was as a bunny hopping around a grocery store, not a Playboy bunny. <laughs> and um, the second one was a um, gift wrapper. And then I got a real job at the newspaper in part of the art department. And um, then I became a secretary after that. And then I moved to the Bay Area, where I had my first child. Ah. And uh, so... Where in the Bay Area did you land? In Arinda, which is in the East Bay. Yes, I love Arinda. Yeah, it was a wonderful place. Uh, We moved in the fall of 1975, and it was really... It had still so much, you know, Walnut Creek, Lafayette, Mm -hmm. Moraga, Arinda. It had such a small-town feel to it. It was not like it is now. And it was a great place to have my kids and to raise them and and um, 
it was, I, I'm just always happy that I made that decision. Yeah. So you left Southern California, never looked back. Never. Okay. And then Bay Area in the, in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about, when did you start doing your photography? Was it around when you were having kids or what, when was that transpired? Right. Um, I had my kids in the 75, 77, and 81. And I started... Um, I went back to school mm-hmm. and uh, decided that um, I, I just wanted to learn. I, I, I felt like I was a sponge, and I'd always not liked school. So this was not like me. I, I, I don't know. I got braces, and I think that did something to me. <laughs> you got braces on your teeth? Yes, on my teeth. So you were, you were experiencing you know, your youth again, in a way. <laughs> I, I don't know. but I, um, So I started taking classes, and one of the classes was photography. And then my sister Jeannie Durst, who lives up here in Nevada City, she said, um, why don't you join me in some photography workshops? So I started doing that with her, and and it just grew, yeah. and I just loved it. It made me so much more aware of life around me, um, just you know to see the veins in a, a leaf. Yeah. I never noticed they had leaves right. or, or veins, right. and so uh, it just made me appreciate things a lot more and be more aware instead of being just kind of you know. Yeah, it opened up another lens of mm-hmm. life for you. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful thing to learn as you're as you're also being an important role of a mom. Yeah. Um, when you think back in your life, Sharon, is there something or someone in in your life that you had like a watershed moment that you can pinpoint, or someone maybe that was a role model that helped you see yourself as a lifetime learner, a student of life, maybe? Hmm. Um, I don't think so. No. I, the, the only person I can think of that impressed me uh, was an older woman I saw walking across the street in downtown Sioux Falls. Okay. And she had white hair and she had it pulled up and she had heels on and a straight black skirt. And she was so elegant and she was so kind of l- looked like a lady and... Um, just elegant and beautiful, and I thought to myself, I want to be like that when mm. I grow up. And but other than that, um, you yeah. just found yourself with yourself, which is actually pretty inspirational too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just yes, I am. I have been evolving slowly uh, and um, finding new enjoyment in different avenues, and has have realized over the past probably 45 years is the more you I would get involved in my communities the more people I met the more I felt at home right and so it's it's a a real give you know and get back kind of um thing and that made me realize that Get yeah. get involved. I know, and that's kind of why the sages work so well here. Because when we talk about civic engagement and leadership in our community, it, we all have this part of us that are sages. Because you're you're imparting your passions, your knowledge, you're helping um, bring people together. And you know, I have to mention you're part of the Lake Wildwood Art Club. She's mm-hmm. the president, <laughs> and um, that's pretty impressive because there's a lot of artists yes. in Lake Wildwood yes. in our community in Penn Valley. Um, 
Um, and thinking about being that sage, how did you actually, getting back to your storyline, how did you actually get to Nevada City from Orinda? How did you get here? What happened next in your life? Well, uh, many things ha- have happened in my life. And uh, I, while I was in school, uh, I noticed a a flyer on the photography door at the school, and it said, spent a semester in Florence. And so my oldest daughter was a junior in college, and up at Oregon, and she didn't want to go. She's not a traveler. She, you know, was happy at at Oregon. She didn't want to go to some other country. And so I thought, ooh. Her mama can do that. (laughs) I can do this by myself. (laughs) So anyway, when I came back uh, from Italy, uh, things happened in my life that were extremely unpleasant, and I ended up moving to Portland. Okay. And with my youngest daughter, and um, then uh, one thing I didn't like Port. I loved Portland, but I didn't like the weather. Yeah. It's so gray and, and. and depressing. And so um, I had let, met a woman um, in the Bay Area that uh, was from uh, South Africa. And she was uh, going to be doing a documentary on herbal bush doctors. Oh, and wow. she asked me if I would uh, be interested in doing the still photography for the book that was going to accompany that. And so actually, I was, I had planned on going to Zimbabwe in January of 2000. I had all my things in storage. I had my, all of everything ready to go. And then they, um, they had huge uh, racial unrest. They were flooding and the whole project got put aside until things were going to get better. And so I was there now just wondering, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I doing now? <laughs> and so um, my sister Jeannie said, why don't we go up to Nevada City to Victorian Christmas? And so we came up and we were walking around and she said, oh, let's stop by my favorite bed and breakfast and see if we can sneak in. And so a couple was walking up to the door and we ran across the street and got snuck in right behind him. And the owner was there and she started talking to us and she said, I'm needing a, a, a innkeeper for my inn. I have two inns and that was, was Grand Mirrors and Emma House. Ah. And she said, I can't handle both of them. So three weeks later, I was, I moved in <laughs> and I was running the bed and breakfast, which I loved. Um, and I did that for a few years. And, and it, during that time, I fell in love with the community. And, and I mean, the Victorian Christmas brought you in and yes. enchanted you. And then your sister, obviously. So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's so then how you, I ended up here. And that was the Grand Mere Inn. If anybody knows, it's at the top of Broad Street. Oh, my goodness. And so you were like, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, okay, this is where I'm at. Um, I probably won't stay that long. Right. And That's what everybody says. Yeah. And then it just grew on me. Yeah. I kept meeting such incredibly interesting women. And so I wanted to do something with that. Yeah. I didn't know if it was writing a book or what. And that led me... Um, in 2002, um, I, I realized that when I need to heal from something that's extremely painful, I end up doing it in a creative way. Um, my daughter had died, uh, my youngest daughter, and um, 
she had given me two vintage um, teacups at that Christmas. And so um, I started to do a show called Tea for Two, recording women's living history up here in Nevada County. And over a period of about six years, I interviewed almost 50 women. And uh, I remember that. That was at Nevada County Media or what was NCTV at the point. Yeah. Right. And um, that was really uh, so healing for me. And, And it really got my mind out of, you know, the dumps right. and 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 it gave me something worthwhile to do and and there are amazing women historically been here oh. if you think of the history of Nevada oh. City so how wonderful to engage what were some of the nuggets that you gathered from some of your interviews from these amazing historic women that have done such great things well the only parameter i had was that they had to be 70 Ah, and, a certain, of a certain age. Yes, and um, I interviewed um, uh, um, Madeline Helling. Uh, I interviewed uh, Carol um, Hamilton. I, I I interviewed so many women, and what was amazing was they weren't. No one had done the same thing, ah. um, and these women were uh, like twenty years older than me at the time, and. Um, and some 25 years older, and they had lived very interesting lives. One of the ladies was a clown, <laughs> and I, I mean that. from doctors and, and clowns and nurses on the front line in Burma, right. and, and they, they were so inspiring but so humble, and, and they talked mm. about how difficult it was for like the, the one that became a doctor. Right. Um, it was just men that right. she was in school with. And so anyway, it was just a wonderful thing. Well, and think about that. Those those women were humble, but probably had a great time reliving their lives oh, yeah. and cataloging their accomplishments and breaking some of the, the ceilings of what women have had to go through all our lives. Um, you know, so what a gift you gave to the community. Oh. And you did it for six years, Sharon? Yeah. That's amazing. Did you do it like monthly or what was the regular... What was the, you know, how often did you do it? Well, it it was um, my, the, uh, I, I grabbed a couple of guys to do the video uh, and editing. And um, then it was uh, shown on NCTV and it was shown at like Wildwood. I love it, yeah. And uh, it was... Um, it, it, tea for two. Tea for two. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And to bring the unpleasant part of your life and and turn it into something creative. What a what a great spin on that. How did you know to do that, or is that just how you naturally navigate? Uh, well, you know, I'm working. We're all works in progress, and yeah. I amaze myself or surprise myself at how, you know, when I look back and see where I went after something tragic happened. And um, it, 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 I didn't even think about it at the time. It was just I knew I had to do something. Yeah. And um, what, after my mother passed away in 2014, um, they were, NCTV was putting, or media at that point. Mm-hmm, Nevada uh, County Media. Right. Mm-hmm. They were doing a... Um, screen giving you instruction on writing a screenplay and they were wanting to have um as many people take the class and then uh, write a 10 minute short movie 
And so I ended up doing one, and um, I called it uh, My Mother's Teeth. And uh, <laughs> I, I, True story? <laughs> true story. Yeah, true story, screenplay. And um, I, uh, I, I wrote it. I um, was an actress in it. My other two sisters wouldn't do it, so I had to find two other ladies <laughs> to play their roles. And it, all the programs that ended up going the full uh, length uh, of the, you know, checking them out and, and everything, they were then presented at the Del Oro. Right. They do like a premiere. It's oh, a fundraiser. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they roll out the red carpet. Oh, it, it was, it was, you know, fun being a, a celebrity for an evening. And so I did that to honor my mom after right. she passed away. And before that, in about 2000 and. 11, I think it was, um, I was on the board for uh, NCTV and uh, Lou Sitzer and I and Susan Rogers and I can't remember who else was on it. We were sitting together at a meeting and Lou was saying, we need some new um, programming. And I thought to myself, because there was so many things going on at the time, like the Sandy Hook shootings yeah. and everything, and I thought, this country is desperately in need of education on mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was a subject I didn't want to spend time with, you know, because it's like not fun. It's not, uh, it's kind of a, you know, but 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 also very important, especially now more than ever. Yeah. And so I, I told him that I wanted to do, um, some programming on mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I, I put together a group of women, to an all-woman um, crew, to do the uh, filming, editing, uh, from top to bottom, directing, uh, and um, that uh, resulted in six one-hour uh, shows on um, no uh, the elephant in the room, no health without mental health. Mm. And that was so rewarding. And I had um, someone that was suffering from uh, a particular form of mental illness. Uh, And one was on depression, one was on schizophrenia, one was on bipolar disorder, one was on um, from uh, uh, um, autism to... um, um, Alzheimer's, okay, and um, and then there was one on early childhood uh, development and how things really f- can um, form a child by their experiences right. at a very young age and how it they stick with them. And uh, I would talk to people, and I would have the local resources. Uh, we would go to like the Spirit House and to Neighborhood Center for the Arts and um, whatever you know was around that was a place that people could go to get um, help and be with peers and things and uh, all the different facets to help people ed- be educated. We had a doctor and a therapist that told us medically what you know, that particular disease was mm-hmm. and or is. And um, 
What an incredible show. Like, and, you know, now statistically, as far as I understand, one out of four of us throughout some part of our life will will encounter a mental illness. And so it's really important um, that you you shared that and that we have to take the stigma out of that because it's it's a process of our mental landscape and sometimes we get sick. Yes, and and you know, our brain is a part of our body. For sure. A huge part of our body. Yeah. And uh it, it's um it, it, it's needs to be out there up front and and not swept under the carpet and right. not have such stigma related to it. And uh the at, at the culmination after those six programs were done, one of the gals from um, NAMI, she was the president of the National Alliance for Mental Illness in the area here, worked with me on putting uh, a huge um, consortium of different areas of our community, the sheriff's, the police and and sheriff's department, Mm -hmm. the hospital, um, the uh, just every, every um, area of the community, the judicial uh, area and the religious and spiritual. And we had uh, panels for each one and we would ask them questions and it was open to the public. And it, it was uh, so well received and so well done that I thought it's it's time now. It's been 10 years since I we wonder, had that. I wonder if we should bring all that back because it's such a good reminder of understanding yeah. and expanding our perspectives. Right. You know? um, Sharon, we're nearly out of time, if you can believe oh. that. I mean, it's just so amazing. But what I guess I wanted to say is talking about your commitment to women and commitment to um, all of the organizations that you represent, how, if someone was listening right now, how would you recommend um, someone who comes new to the community? How did you start? How did, what did you do? Did, how, how would you give them advice about that? If they wanted to get involved and volunteer, be part of the community, how would you ask, how would you tell them to do that? Um, I think I would ask them to think about what it is that they have interests in and then find out where they can sign up Mm -hmm. uh, to be a part of that. And I know when I became president of the art club, uh, they were looking for a VP and um, nobody was volunteering. So I stuck my hand up there. And <laughs> next thing I knew, I thought, well, I'm jumping in the deep end, but I'll get to know people real fast. For sure. And I did. And that's what you have to do. Just don't be afraid. You know? And say yes. Oh, say yes. Say yes. And you can always, you know, pull back if you need to. But I think the major part is to step forward and say yes, right? Yeah. Yes. It's such a great thing to do. And we have such an amazing community, really. Oh. Sharon, it's kind of wrapping up um, in our wonderful Sages talk tonight. Um, when you think of something that you would still like to accomplish, because you're such a renaissance woman of so many different genres of life, is there something that you still want to accomplish in civic engagement or in another aspect of your life as a sage? Oh, that's a great question. Um we always still have bucket lists, right? Yes, <laughs> we do. Uh, I just want to uh, keep working on my photography yeah. and my painting until I I, I feel like um, it's 
it's where I want it yeah. to be. I haven't been able to devote the time and energy to it until just recently, and, and I'm just loving it. And um, that's, I just want to end up being the best I can be yeah. at that. And, and just a good person and, and giving back to the community right. wherever I can. And you do that naturally. That's what I love about you. I've always been inspired by you, Sharon, because you bring inclusivity with every time, every step you make. And um, that's really important. You know, people feel a little isolated, especially post-COVID. And um, you always say, bring in, come in, come in here. And so I love that. Um and now this is the fun question, and then we've got to wrap it up. I'm sad to say, but um, being a sage among us, Sharon, if you could wave a magic wand over our area of Nevada County, what would you change or improve or highlight? Well, I think at the moment, uh, my wand would Take the risk of fire away from us. Uh, um, so many people have moved out of the area, and um, so many people live in fear uh, half of the year right. with that. And so I would, I would take that out so people can just continue to love living here and, and feel relaxed. I know, and it's true because we love it here, but as natural things go, you know, we don't... We don't know if there's going to be fire or not. But I have to say, knock on wood, I'm going to knock on my head. We've had a really good, pretty good summer, right? So, yeah. I guess I guess every place you go, there's going to be something, right? But I right. agree, Sharon. Well, it has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you here on The Sages Among Us, Sharon. One last little wish or one last thought before we head out and say thank you for the evening. Anything you want to say? Any last-minute pieces of wisdom? Uh, 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 last pieces of wisdom. Always uh, start your day with gratitudes and end your day with gratitudes. I love that. It's like a little attitude of gratitude. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. It's been a pleasure. And we'll continue this conversation probably off air. But everyone, thank you so much for listening to The 